Welcome to the Illuminating Lives podcast. I'm your host, Israel Smith, and I'm here to share conversations with you about what it means to illuminate our own lives, to be comfortable in our vulnerability, to truly love and value ourselves, and then to be able to use that to light up our own life and shine that light with the people we love and care about the most. This is going to be messy, it's going to be vulnerable, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Welcome. Let's get started. Hey there, listener. Before we get started today, I just want to share something really, really important with you. It's a kind of heavy time in the world, as I'm sure you're aware. And for a while now, I've had this sense that I need to do a little bit more to support people, particularly men, as they contend with the heaviness, as they contend with things being a little uncertain and a little or a lot uncertain. And so I wanted to extend an invitation to all men listening or if you're listening to this and you're not male, to your men in your life. uh, Throughout the month of March, I'm offering Calm Dad Kickstart sessions. Now, what are they? They're actually 45-minute coaching sessions with me, but the point of these coaching sessions is to actually help the men that I work with feel like they can get unstuck or make some progress in a particular part of their life or, you know, perhaps overcome a sense of, of anxiety or, or overwhelm or stress that they might be feeling with all the things going on in the world. It's really an opportunity for men to take charge of their emotions, conquer their stress and overwhelm and, and learn to be their best as a father and a husband. They're totally free. It's an offer, offering and a gift that I want to make available to as many men as possible. So if you're listening to this and you think that you would love to take me up on this offer, or if you are listening to this and you know someone who might like to learn more about this and perhaps take me up on this gift, please visit the website and apply. It's israelsmith.com forward slash calm dad, C-A-L-M-D-A-D. I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's israelsmith, I-S-R-A-E-L-S-M-I-T-H.com forward slash calm dad. Let's create a generation of men who are in touch with their emotions, who are at peace and calm and able to process things in a really healthy way. That's my vision here. That's why I'm offering these sessions. I really encourage you to take advantage of this. Uh, And um, they are only limited for the month of March and it is only available to the first 10 applicants. So if you're listening to this and you feel like it's you, jump on board straight away. Don't hesitate. And I look forward to seeing you and working with you. With all of the love, Now on with the episode. It's a very warm welcome back to the Illuminating Lives podcast with your host, me, Israel Smith, here to help you show up more brightly and shine your light in all ways in your life. We're still working through the Thrive methodology from the beginning of this year, and I hope you're enjoying it. I've had some lovely feedback from uh, a few people saying that they've really enjoyed the episodes, that there's a lot of gold. One of those people may or may not have been my wife, but I'm sure more of you have been enjoying it. Here's what I want to talk about today. Thrive step number six, connection. Connection. Now, before we get into that, I'm just going to recap. Number one, good sleep. Number two, good food and nutrition. Number three, mindfulness. 
Number four, gratitude. Number five, movement. Number six, connection. This is where we begin to step outside ourselves and things that we can immediately influence and control. And for those of you that have never heard me talk on this sort of tangent before, obviously, um, control really is a bit of an illusion. There's very little we can control in our life. And instead of that sending you screaming into your uh, pillow, I would really encourage you to think about that as an incredibly empowering and liberating place to work from that we don't have any intrinsic control. So it's our responsibility to do our best to show up being our best so that we can roll with whatever fluctuating circumstances come our way. Now, back to connection. What do I mean by connection? Put simply, I'm talking about connecting between humans, human to human, person to person, people connecting with each other. That can be physically, that can be in the same in-person environment, that can be online, that can be through you know social media groups or through other clubs or associations, digital or physical, doesn't matter. As a species, we are hardwired to need, crave, want connection. There are much smarter, more qualified people than me saying this. One of my favorites is Brene Brown, who I would love to meet and say that she's one of my great friends, but as yet it's a very uh, you know, admiration from afar kind of relationship with her. But if you've seen her work, you will know this. She is all about connection as well as the things that get in the way of connection. That is shame, vulnerability, fear, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to go into that in a bit more detail later in this chat. But for now, let's get into some definitions. All right, let's talk about what does connection mean? How do I think of that? How do the dictionary heads think of that? Our good friends at Cambridge Dictionary, the state of being related to someone or something else. You know, the people who know and can help you. Um, The act of joining or being joined to something else. The feeling that you understand, like, and are interested in someone or something. All of these things echo beautifully what I'm saying. It's about relating to, being in connection with, being in the presence of other humans. There's a beautiful parallel to this in an article I read with uh, with an interview with Brene Brown, where she kind of equates it with the idea of belonging. And, And what I thought was lovely is her definition of true belonging. I just want to read that for you because I think it's so powerful. True belonging is the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness. True belonging does not require you to change who you are. It requires you to be who you are. Isn't that beautiful? Feel free to rewind and replay. It's awesome. The parts of this that I love the most are that it starts with a focus on going inward, believing in and belonging to ourselves so deeply that we can be truly us in all areas of our life with the people, with the circumstances. And it also means that we feel equally comfortable 
being in a belonging situation and standing on our own in the wilderness. Because ultimately, to me, what I'm learning, the more of this work that I do and what I hope you're picking up from this Thrive series is that it's all about coming back to ourselves. It is literally that process of turning our gaze and our focus and our actions inward to nurture and nourish and come to love and accept who we are at the deepest level. From that, all of the good stuff flows outward. So this series, uh, this, this, sorry, this uh, definition of true belonging resonates really strongly with me and hopefully with you also. Particularly as well, it doesn't require you to change who you are. It requires you to be who you are. The alternative to that is called fitting in. When we are fitting in, we are changing who we are so we can fit in. When we belong, it's when we show up as ourselves and we can just be who we are and feel like we're a part of something. Now, obviously, that's a little bit of a tangent to connection, but it's just a beautiful illustration that it starts with who we are, where we are, being our best, and then taking that outward into our life. Now, I want to touch on what I believe is the hierarchy of connection, because not all types of connection are equal. As you know, we have little rectangular glowing devices that ping at us at all hours of the day and night supposedly bringing messages from our connections and you know ways that we can interact with the world we have various sort of in-person opportunities to connect there's a whole range of different ways we can do this i want to just list out what i believe from most powerful and important and impactful down to least powerful important and impactful my beliefs around the hierarchy of connection. And hopefully this is something you will really grasp and resonate with too. And I'm doing this because it sets us up beautifully for how we take this connection piece into our Thrive list. So at the top of the list, one-to-one in person. There's nothing more powerful in my experience and opinion than a really true deep connection one-on-one with another human. Just under that is a one-to-many, like a group environment where you are part of a larger group. The connections between individuals in that group aren't necessarily as powerful or as impactful or as focused because we're part of this larger collective. However, any in-person setting like a social gathering, a club, a church, a party, all of those things have the beautiful power of the collective energy of the group physically present. Underneath that, I'm going to say face-to-face digital. This is sort of like, I mean, those two things to me kind of represent any in-person connection opportunities we have. There are, actually, you know what? There are nuances within that because there are focused and intentional connection points where we set aside time to be fully present with another person or with a group. So for instance, meeting up with your best friend for a coffee and a chat is a very intimate, very intentional one-on-one connection going to a group setting, whether that is, like I said, a church or a party or a social gathering or something, that is an intentional choice of how we use our time to connect. But then there are less intentional forms. So for instance, getting served by a cashier at the grocery store or the supermarket, right? That's a, often it's a one-on-one connection, but it's fleeting and we don't necessarily bring a lot of intentionality it tends to be more uh, incidental than intentional similarly 
going somewhere like a gym or a beach or a crowded marketplace or something like that. We're physically with other humans, but it's not terribly intentional. We're not generally there to connect. We're there because other people just happen to be there and we happen to be there maybe for similar purposes. So I would suggest both the non-intentional versions of those in-person things sit a little lower. In fact, that any any sort of incidental, non-intentional kind of connection to me sits low on the tree. The really high value stuff is where we are in person making a conscious present choice to be in that connection. Under those first two, in-person, one-to-one, in-person group, both being intentional, I would say online. So digital is where this starts to show up. So whether we, as we all know, the last two years have created massive challenges with our in-person face-to-face connections. So a lot of our business, a lot of our socializing, a lot of our lives due to lockdowns and, and isolation requirements and restrictions on travel have all had to occur digitally. Now, I have found personally, it is still possible to feel very connected to other people through things like Zoom or FaceTime or Teams or Skype or what have you, when each person is fully present to the experience. And I've done some incredible group situations, both men's circles, uh, transformational coaching program, Jim Fortin's group, um, other catch-ups with social groupings, which have all felt really deeply connective at an energetic level, even though there hasn't been that physical presence in play. So I would say face-to-face stuff where you can read social cues, you can see facial expressions, and you get all of that context and nuance out of the experience. That's next on the list for me. Under that is just where it's a straight voice call, either digitally, through a telephone, through FaceTime, through whatever. When it's just voice to voice, person to person, like you're listening to me now, we can still feel very intentionally connected, even though it's just voice to ears, voice to voice. Under that, I would say text messages and emails where it's a clear intentional message from one person to another person. Under that, I would say where we have, you know, likes or comments or those very fleeting interactions on social media that aren't necessarily very thoughtful, they're just more incidental. And then at the bottom, I would say any time we are stalking or lurking, particularly on social media, where we're just kind of hanging out in the background, looking and watching and not really participating. That to me is toward the bottom of the connection pile. And I'm hoping that that's fairly obvious to you, that it's in those situations where we're not really connecting. We're just kind of observing. It's more of that distant voyeur kind of perspective on the world and on life. It's not an active, engaged, immersed experience. But, I mean, why is connection so important? Well, think about how much we have evolved as a species in groups society groupings um gatherings of of numbers when it comes to things like you know hunting and storytelling and 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 family relationships and raising children and coordinating resources all of those things make wonderful sense from an evolutionary perspective and they've obviously been one of the primary reasons why humans have become the dominant species top of the food chain top of the resource list But I think one of the things that we neglect is that once we reach a certain level of intelligence and capability, we think we don't need it 
And yet at a very physical and at a very biological level, science has proven over and again, we need these experiences. We need to reinforce our place in the social groupings in a good way that we do belong, that we do feel part of something. And the, I suppose the acceptance, I don't want to use the word validation because I think it's a little bit loaded, but I think that the acceptance or the sense of of love and belonging that comes from being part of a group, being accepted in the group, those sorts of connections, even if it's just a group of two, one-to-one, those sorts of connections are very affirming for us at a very deep level. So for us to truly be our best, we obviously need to turn our gaze inwards and nourish ourselves to be the very best version of ourselves for us. But we need to connect with others. We need to make sure we are in contact, in communication, in connection and relationship with people in our family, people in our work, co- uh, co-workers group, and then obviously friendships as well. So the social sort of paradigms are super, super important for us to feel balanced and stable and like there is a bit of a safety net despite, the, if I can be blunt, the clusterfuckery of the world. It's rapidly becoming one of my favorite words because it just sort of sums up all of the chaos that we're experiencing. My last episode, I spoke about floods. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff just going on in the world. We're more aware of it than ever before due to the media and and social digital networking structures that are in place. But it's so easy to miss that part of us, which is intentional chosen connection with others. Some of the barriers that can get in the way, the biggest one that has come up in this interview with Brené Brown that I 100% agree with is fear. I'm just going to rattle off some of the things she spoke about here. If she had to identify one core variable that magnifies our compulsion to sort into factions while at the same time cut ourselves off from real connection with other people, Brené's answer would be fear. Fear of vulnerability, fear of getting hurt, fear of the pain of disconnection, fear of criticism and failure, fear of conflict, fear of not measuring up. I would add to that fear of rejection, you know. Um, And then her premise here is that when we ignore all that fear, when we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable, it grows and festers inside us. And then it turns into blame and shame. And we end up I guess, inhabiting those, those unsavory aspects of our personality. We sort of find easy ways to, to bitch and moan and resent other people. We, we take stabs at them. We become a bit sort of narky, especially you see this on social media from people who I suppose I'm projecting here, but I imagine there's an enormous amount of people kind of keyboard warrioring from behind their screen that don't necessarily feel a strong sense of connection personally with other people in their world and so it becomes very easy to stand on the sidelines and throw stones so to bring truly the best version of ourselves into the world and this is where the thrive list the thrive methodology has specifically this goal we need to connect we need to connect the thing is it's not always comfortable it always requires us to take an action and if we're simply stuck in, in the loop of inaction, then it feels like it's an insurmountable challenge. And if we really do give in to the fear of those things that I mentioned, fear of vulnerability and getting hurt and fear of criticism and judgments and all that stuff, 
then we're never going to enjoy the benefits of connection. It reminds me a little bit of a conversation that that I had with my lovely wife, Belle, when we were just dating. And there was this sense for her that, from me, I mean, that she was sort of holding back. She wasn't fully willing to commit to our relationship, having just come from a, um, a, a separation and divorce. And my fairly, you know, cocky, arrogant, early 20s version of myself made the comment, if you're never willing to risk getting hurt, you will never know the joy and the, the fulfillment of, of love, of being fully immersed in love. And I think in that moment, I kind of touched on something which after a lot of reflection I find to be true. If we're not willing to risk a little bit of vulnerability, a little bit of you know exposure, we will never truly enjoy the deep, rich, beneficial elements of connection, love, interaction and immersion in this combined shared experience of being human. So really, it's sort of a question of what is it costing you? If you're in a position in your life where you don't connect with other people very much, what does that cost you? What is that costing you day to day? Are you hiding within your comfort zone? Are you living a very disconnected and isolated life through fear, through habit, through circumstance? And if so, what is the cost to you of that life? And is that cost worth it? Is it worth it? Now, when it comes to building connection, Connection is like cultivating a garden. Imagine you're planting a veggie patch. It doesn't go from raw earth and seeds to a bountiful harvest of vegetables and fruits instantly. It takes time. We prepare the soil. We get the garden bed ready. Mashing up this metaphor or this analogy, imagine that, for example, we are actually the garden bed and the soil and all of the elements involved in that. Cultivating that, cleaning and preparing that is like the inner work of doing our best to nourish and look after ourselves so that when we begin to plant those seeds of connection with others, we provide a decent, rich, fertile environment for those connections to grow. If we're constantly in our head trash about the fears of judgment and all the rest of it, and we tiptoe out into the idea of friendship and connection with new environments and new people, we're probably going to find that those relationships don't flourish to the level that they could had we done some of the earlier steps on the Thrive List to make sure we're at our best first. And that's not to say that we must always be at our best. Part of what helps us thrive is this experience of connection. But it is possible that if we're consistently not bringing our best self to this connection, it'll suffer. So imagine we're getting back to the veggie patch analogy. You prep it, you prepare the soil, you plant the seeds, you water it, you give it sunshine. And then you have to be patient. You have to keep tending it, even necess not necessarily even seeing anything as the fruit of your labor yet. Maybe just hoping and having faith that the seeds will germinate and they will sprout. And then over time, careful tending, plucking out weeds, looking after ourselves being the garden bed and 
you know, turning over the soil and removing the negative influences, encouraging the positive influences like lots of water and sunshine, (laughs) perfect analogy, then we will start to see plants grow. We will start to see the odd flower turn up. Insects will approach to pollinate and help us out with our expansion of the garden. And then in time, it will bear fruit. It will bear vegetables. It will bear produce that we can eat. Now, here's the lovely climax of this analogy. That garden bed becomes very sustaining for us. It can feed and nourish us. It also tastes a marvelous and delicious, right? So connection is like cultivating the garden bed, growing the veggie patch. The way we do it is to be intentional. And I've I've lived through this over the last few years and I've come to recognize just how important this is in my life. We settled in a new area, didn't have very many friends. I needed to make a conscious effort to speak to people and to get a little out of my comfort zone. Now, as you know, I don't mind a chat. So that in its own right wasn't too hard. But finding people who can connect with me at a deeper level, at a more emotional, introspective level that are willing to have deep and uncomfortable conversations or at least get curious and and chew on the ideas of What does it mean to show up as a great man in my family? And what does it mean to show up in our community as someone who's committed to improving and contributing to the area in which we live? Those sorts of chats take time to find and take time to cultivate. That level of connection with someone requires a lot of trust. It requires a bit of uh, shared experience and shared view of the world. And so I realized not long after we moved here, that I didn't have much of a social circle, that I didn't have many people I could truly connect with. And for the longest time, I sat, I suppose, in in victimhood and self-pity about that. And then I realized if it is to be, it is up to me, the ultimate in taking personal responsibility. And so I just started setting this intention that I was going to meet people and choose people to connect with and invite them to have conversations and then see where it went. And it was like the beginnings of a beautiful dance. We don't know when we start a dance, what moves our partner is going to make, how the music is going to affect what we do, what they do. It is literally about action, reaction, action, response in the moment, interacting. And so I started a few conversations and amazingly, I met a few people in my area, which is quite a small space, quite a small uh, uh, country town. I met some people who resonated with me. We had a lot of shared perspective on the world. We were interested in doing the inner work, exploring things like, you know, breath work, meditation. How can we improve our brains? How can we raise the next generation of slightly more aware and conscious kids? How can we look after our environment? How can we contribute to our community? And I'm very, very proud and and grateful to call a few of those people really close friends now that I can call on, that I can connect with, that I can share connection with. And it benefits both of us or all of us. I've just recently started a men's meetup in my region because I identified that I needed more opportunities to connect with like-minded humans. And 
if no one else was going to start it, I may as well start it. So I put my hand up to build those connections and started promoting a little gathering of men every second Sunday of the month where we can just all get together for a walk, a conversation, a bit of reality check about our lives and about our struggles and about what we're dealing with as men. These sorts of practices, these sorts of responsible commitment and taking action are, I think, really important in showing up as our best and in cultivating these connections. So if you don't have many connections in your life, first of all, is that true? Or is that just a story that you tell yourself in the cold and dark moments? Do you have connections? Do you have people that you can reach out to? Do you have people you can simply call and have a cuppa with, even if you've not done it for six months, 12 months, two, three, four, five years? There are bound to be people who you know, who know you, that might be interested. Now, here's the piece, though. It requires leaning into that yawning gap of vulnerability and uncertainty. And with everything I've shared with you so far about the Thrive methodology, my feelings are that you would by now be in a deeper, better place to deal with and handle uncertainty. So this is like just a little baby step out of your own environment into the realm of relationship and connecting with others. But let me ask you again, if it's not you to do that, can it really be expected that you can sit back and and wait for and expect connections to turn up in your life? Probably not. So are you willing to risk that little tiny bit of vulnerability, that bit of discomfort and that bit of emotional exposure to make a new connection and to invite, I don't know, a phone call, a Zoom chat, a cup of coffee, just to say, hey, I just want to get to know, get you, get to know you a little better and, and just connect. I even use that word. Can we just connect for a bit? Can we just hang out? You may already have this in your life, in which case, awesome. And I certainly don't mean to bring any judgment or any assumptions around this. I just, my intention with this is to really illustrate that connection is dependent on us taking action. It's dependent on us giving a little bit of exposure and vulnerability of ourselves to invite people closer in. And it is utterly, utterly essential for us to be our best in life. We are not an island. We may well be able to stand strong in the wilderness, but we also need to be part of something bigger than ourselves when it comes to the writhing, sweating, heaving mass of humanity that we are part of. So what is your current status, I suppose, of connection in your life? Maybe take a bit of an inventory. Do you have many friends that you catch up with regularly? Or... Would you like to build that part of your life? Where do you connect with people? And remember my hierarchy, in-person trumps digital every day of the week and twice on Sundays. So who can you connect with in person? And how can you take that connection and fold that into your daily or weekly or monthly schedule so that it becomes a non-negotiable pivotal part of how you thrive, of how you show up in life as your best self. I would love to hear your feedback on this. I would. And 
you know, I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't want this to sound trite or meaningless because it's absolutely not. If you're listening to this and if you are struggling for connection and if it's one of those things in your life that just brings you a lot of fear and a lot of doubt and a lot of insecurity, first of all, that's okay. And second of all, I want you to know that you are always welcome to reach out to me. I know what it feels like to feel isolated and alone and withdrawn. I do. And I don't want people to have to feel that ever. So if you need some connection in your life, reach out to me, hit me up, let's connect. And for everyone who that doesn't apply to, but still, if you feel you want to improve and bolster your connections, I'm really interested to hear what actions you take. How are you going to make yourself accountable to taking some of these actions to increase your levels of connection in life? All right, I'm going to leave it there. It has been such a delight spending this bit of time with you. I'm very grateful for your attention. I really hope that this Thrive List item or this Thrive Step of connection helps you become closer and more intimately related to other humans in your area or in your interests. And I'm sure it will be the sort of thing that helps you show up and thrive as your best self. With all of the love, see you next episode when we round out our seventh and final step in the initial thrive list before we then move on to a couple of little bonus pieces I'm going to do after that. Can't wait for it. I'll see you next episode. And please be sure to leave a rating or a review. Spotify have now introduced reviews. So if you listen on Spotify, please do me a solid, jump in there and rate and review this podcast. It's lovely for me to hear and read or to see and read your feedback. And it's also a great way to help support this podcast being um, uh, being reached by other people. Same goes on Apple Podcasts. If you are able to and you want to leave a rating and a review, I'd be so grateful because it does give people that sense that I'm not a basket case. I do have valuable things to share and this is why and other people are going to vouch for that. So if you're one of those people that's been constantly listening and you haven't yet left a review, please do. I would very, very much appreciate it. All right. With love, with gratitude, with power, with awesomeness. I will see you next episode. Bye. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Illuminating Lives podcast. Please help me reach more people by sharing this podcast with your loved ones and leaving me a great five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Remember, I work as a one-to-one coach and professional speaker, helping dads in business and leadership find more peace, feel less stress, and be the best parent, husband, and leader they can be. If you'd like to work with me or have me present to your organization, please contact me via my website or social media. All the links are in the show notes. Until next time, may you be free. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be loved. And may you live with ease.